What's up, Dunwoody? My name is Matt Weber. I'm the Dunwoody Realtor Dude. My co-host is Justin Dyke, founder of PoolDues.com. Our favorite sponsor, Brett Friedman with Village Orthodontics. This is the podcast that's all about Dunwoody. The uh, next two shows will feature the candidates running for City Council District 2, Joe Seconder and Hayward Westcott. Election Day is this Tuesday, November 5th. You do not have to live in District 2 to vote for one of these bald fellows. All of Dunwoody will be voting for both of the open council seats and for the mayor. Uh, we were able to get five of the six candidates on the show, so please go back and listen to the previous episodes before casting your ballot on Tuesday. This is kind of a long one, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, here's a conversation we recorded with Joe Seconder about a week ago at the Georgetown Clubhouse. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. Oh, we're rolling? Now, how do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> Seconder. <laughs> Je m'appelle Joe Seconder. <laughs> All right, so we're here with Joe Seconder. You're going to tell us about life on the campaign trail and what it's been like the past, I guess, for a while A couple now. of years. Yeah, last couple of years. That's probably what it exactly. feels like, right? Exactly. Every week feels like a month or two. Yeah. It's it's an ongoing open morning and night. Uh, you still knocking on a lot of doors? Been doing all of the above. All of the above. Um, it's, it's kind of fun. Uh, part of me actually wishes I had more time, seriously, before the election, because I've been meeting people. And I know this might sound trite or so on, but and you can have a chance to just have a one-on-one conversation with anybody, 90%, and I'll, I'll, I could talk about the 10% as well, but 90%, they want to they listen, they'll talk, and I want to listen to them too. So it's just having conversations, get to know. Because there's the, um, yeah, look up on the website, look on Facebook, look at some videos. But, you know, that's, that's one level. But it's just getting to know people. And, uh, yeah, so I, you know, from either the meet and greets or anytime I'm, I'm up there, yeah, I've got my little stump speech and so on. But um, it's, it's been pretty positive what for the most at, part. What are you at Facebook friends-wise? You know, I'm is that what we're shooting for? Well, I remember I tried to friend up Chris Carr, Carr and he had like 5,000, and I didn't realize that was the max. Yeah. And a little message came oh, back. Facebook friends? I I don't know what my a couple of thousand. I don't know how yeah, many you're Facebook up there. friends. Well, I, I started that years ago, you know, just doing advocacy. Oh, okay. Because think about it. If you want to get things done in general, forget about running for office, it's about networking. You know, you want a new job. It's link, how many LinkedIn connections you have. You know, I started LinkedIn back in, you know, uh, I don't know, mid-2000s. So it's about networking and connections. And that's what I, you know, there's Facebook, the people that you know, there's acquaintances, and then, they, oh, you live in the area, you know, maybe you can share some information, the social media gathering information. So, yeah, all of the above on, on, the, on the social media followers, though, too. I want to hear about yeah. the 10%. What's the 10% like? 10%. Get so, off my lawn. Well, <laughs> I have been so far pretty, pretty lucky because um, when I turn my back, if they're not at home, you know, I haven't gotten shot. So that's good. That's thing. good. No that's dogs. A good thing. Sick no dog. I've had a lot of dogs uh, licking me, oh, and that, that's okay. I think that majority of dogs. I'll tell you what. Here's the dog survey. Ninety-nine percent of the time, they're just friendly. They're barking at the door, but they're friendly. They want to lick you and say hello and blah blah blah. So yeah, that's all good. Um, Any? No, I'm voting for the other guy. Not so far. Not so much. I bet it's more like who is the other guy? <laughs> no. No, no, no. It's like... Well, um, I don't know. People seem pretty uninformed. Well, I would say going probably a month ago, definitely were okay. uninformed because I kind of level set when I knock on the door and I say, you know, you're going to get to vote for four different people and it's all citywide. A mayor and three council seats yeah, at large. Yeah, people definitely don't know that. 
Yeah, and then if you want to try to peel back the layer between the at-large and the local, and then the other every four years and the alternate years, that that's just too complicated. Um, but yeah, I, I let everybody know, and then 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 we have the other part of the ballot on the uh, on the ballot is the uh, the ethics referendum, which is you know I hope everybody votes no. Yeah, can you no explain for, that in layman's terms? You know, a bottom I've line. I've tried to read it a couple of times. Yeah. I don't really understand what it is. Look, I know to vote no. Yeah. Everybody vote no. Right. I mean, it's a vote no because, um, you know, our former uh, uh, Vernon Jones, who, who everybody in, has been in Dunwoody for a while knows about Vernon Jones, um, was at the county, and now he's, uh, he's, he holds a state uh, house seat in, in DeKalb and is part of the DeKalb delegation. You know, they, they came forward and introduced this new legislation basically to remove some controls and oversight into this board of ethics at the county level. Whereas, uh, I'll give you the one analogy. If you work for the county and you want to have a whistleblower, obviously we've heard about whistleblowers lately, um, you want to uh, root out some corruption or some, some ethical uh, issues of other employees, how do you do it today uh, if the, 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 the prior uh, legislation was enacted? You would go to an independent oversight uh group, uh, a se- separate team. You know, when I was in the Army, it's called the Inspector General. They do that in the federal government as well. It's still separate. You'll, you'll hear about this in federal agencies um, <clears throat> at, under the presidential executive branch. Every separate uh, one of those uh, legislate, um, board board seats, they have separate Inspector Generals. So that's what they would have in DeKalb, and now they want to eliminate that. And you would go to HR. And just go back to policing yourselves? Yeah, you'd go back to your HR and you say, oh, I want to. And how, how many people are going to feel that comfortable of doing that and exposing yourself? Uh, so to me, just that one change is, is a no in, in and of itself. Yeah, a lot of people are c- confused because they make it sound good in the, you know, on the ballot. But yeah, it's, it's not really looking so good. Yeah, the question. I don't think I've heard anybody say they're voting yes for it. So The question, I have one woman that did because really? she didn't know. Yeah, because she, she said, know. I voted yes. Because it's a reform. It sounds great, it's a question. Right? Ethics. <laughs> yeah, the, the state legislature will do that, too. On the state referendums, you got they will tweak the verbiage on the sentence, and you got to really know what they're doing. Yeah, double negatives and such. You know? <laughs> oh, that was the, the Sunday liquor sales one. It was like, do not want, you know. Or, do you not not want to yeah. drink on Sundays? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. So, you know, otherwise, campaign trail, I, I tell you, there's some other uh, life lessons learned in general, um, 57, always learning, um, like water. Think about it. Flow like water. Think about it. You got some, some, some issue or something happened. Um, you're working with volunteers, which is awesome. If you're great volunteers, um, great number of people contributing, et cetera. But if you, if you come upon some kind of, oh, I got to work hard, there's a big issue, you know what? I got other things to do. I got to flow like water. I'm taking the path. I'm just moving on. I'm just moving on. I'm not going to spend a bunch of time thinking about what happened 24 hours ago or 48 hours ago. I'm just moving on. What am I going to do today? It's, you know, that life lesson. How It's not what happens to you. It's how you react. Yeah? I had it on my fridge growing up. It's not yeah. how, what is it? It's how you react and respond to what happens to you. Basically. It's not what happens to you. It's how you react to what happens It's how you react. Right, right. So that's been, been a good lesson learned, um, just to keep that on top of mind uh, as well. And just, just meeting and conversing with people. Um, and, and just the whole campaign. I tell you, the first time I even got a, a contribution, I, I was just blown away. Because there's this, it's just me. This is just me, and I'm going to put out some stuff, and hopefully I get some supporters. And then all of a sudden, 
I get this contribution. Like the first one, I was like, I almost started crying. <laughs> I'm serious. And I've had uh, over 114 individual contributors to my oh, campaign. Wow. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's mostly Dunwoody based. I've got people from you know I've got medical doctors and I got handymen and uh, different ages and demographics. The former valedictorian of Dunwoody High from four years ago to you know seventy year old retirees. He or she must be doing well. Ah, <laughs> come on, come on. Oh, just but, a dollar donation. It's <laughs> uh, declared, declared. But yeah, over like on the the, the campaign disclosure reports, you'll see uh, that was filed at the end of September. Uh, there's a couple of boxes. There's one is contri- contributions uh, under $100. It's one lump sum. And that one was about $1,800, actually, I had. And now I'm, I'm well over two, two grand on that level. Um, so that was a nice, just showing momentum and just the, 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 the broad base uh, support. But, you know, framing it, let's frame that back to, to uh, the perspective of running for city council and what does that really mean. And I try to educate, too. I try to inform people when I'm knocking on doors and talking to people. Just level set. Do they really, really know what our council is all about? I don't think people do. Yeah. And so I, I give them the analogy. So I worked at Oracle for, for many years. It's a $100 billion corporation. Have you ever heard of the guy's name, Larry Ellison? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, he's like you know the CEO, et cetera, or had been. Do you, could you name a single board member on the board of Oracle, hundred billion dollar corporation? No, I didn't know Larry Ellison. All right. Then I'll ask another question, and you guys know this, but ninety nine percent of the city citizens don't. Who's our city manager? And I say that I want a level set. Wait, do you know who the city manager is? I forgot. Just, stop <laughs> it! Come on, you're. Oh, I forgot. Know. So, so Michael, I, somebody. <laughs> Eric, something. <laughs> we have a part-time elected officials. We have seven people. They're all part-time. And our city charter says every one of them is part-time. You meet twice a month or more based on whatever laws that you have a meeting. And what do you do? You give guidance, direction, vision, focus to one and only one individual. And that one and one only one individual is responsible for executing everything the city does or does not do. So in the army, you know, as a commander or a platoon leader, uh, you know, I was in the infantry, et cetera, you are responsible for everything, for the health, welfare, and well-being of everything your, your unit does or fails to do. And our city manager, guess what? That guy is supposed to execute everything. Now, he is, but I want to be a little more proactive on that. I want to make, I want to take the council back to a more strategic level of not we, we should not have to do firefighting. At the end of the day, yeah, there's certain things, but if some one of our seating, seated elected officials, again, part-time, coming in a couple of days a, a month, meetings a couple times during the week, sure, but if they've got to go low level and write an outline of a detailed execution plan for our staff to do, that's, that's a broken system. We either have to, A, you want to change our city charter and bring us in full-time, and give the city council staff, like our uh, city Atlanta councilman, councilman do, or that our uh, DeKalb County commissioners do. So our DeKalb County commissioners, the county commissioners are full-time and they have staff. <clears throat> the uh, school board's not, they're part-time. And by the way, the school board only meets once a month and they have a $1.2 billion budget, which oh, is wow. kind of an issue. Wow. Isn't that, imagine, imagine that. So I, I go back to say, um, 
We got to get strategic leadership and vision, guidance, direction, and the execution is by Mr. Eric Linton, our city manager. So that if we go back to the, uh, the, the clear cutting of the trees at Womack Vermack in front of Dummy High, which was a surprise over Fourth of July weekend, well, we know legally whether or not we had a memorandum of uh, understanding or not with DeKalb County, DeKalb County Schools was supposed to apply for a land disturbance permit before that happened. And, and they didn't, but they should have. But yet, how well is our city staff being communicating and being involved with, with that? Yeah, because that's kind of our only you know, leg to stand on, right? Isn't it? With the schools? Yeah, the ordinances. I've got, I've got like a, three, uh, a couple of the pronged approach as well on, the, <clears throat> on that. I've, I've put this out on, on different social media platforms, but I'd like to see uh, a committee established. And I, I spoke about this a couple months ago, actually. Another, another candidate for another office has mentioned this as well. But I'd like to establish a committee that's between the city and the school. And it's a standing committee that, it, that it's comprised of both staff from both school and city, elected officials from school and city, plus the parents. So what you've got now is these great uh, folks at Educate Dunwoody, uh, Despina, um, and, and we've got Leah and Michelle and so on. And they're out there busting their behinds every day, churning and churning and churning. You know, I've been in advocacy as well. You can get burnt out. And this is the, the, a favor of them doing these things in their spare time. What if they move or whatever happens? So I like to see more of a committee for long-term systemic because parents age out. And, and what I'd like to see in that committee is that we say you meet once a quarter, one, whatever, but it's a two-way conversation that we bring forth an agenda. But guess what? DeKalb County Schools that want you to answer those as well. So I'd like to establish a committee. And then I'd like to also leverage some of our lobbying dollars that we have at the city. We spend approximately $40,000 a year, the city of Dunwoody, in lobbying fees while the state legislature is in session at the Capitol. I'd like to allocate some of that fund to do lobbying to the State Board of Education and to the governor's office to ask that the State Board of Education stop giving waivers to DeKalb County Schools because they have waivers ad infinitum, trailers at Vanderland for 20 years, et cetera. Uh, if Gwinnett County is running on full cylinder and doing well and, and Cobb's doing well, who's the higher headquarters? It's the State Board of Education. So call them to task. And then also with some of that, those funding, uh, I, I think Educate Dunwoody, they're doing a good job. Collaborate with South and Central DeKalb as well. Because we've got seven board members uh, on the school board, not just the one that represents us. Yeah. Right? So we've got to apply influence, connections, relationship building. Um, there's carrot and stick. And, you know, I, I met with our city manager uh, a few weeks ago about the subject of the schools. And I asked him about inspections. Of, of safety because we can go into apartments today unannounced and inspect them for health and safety issues and I, and I asked him about that and he said well you know as a courtesy we need to give them a call before we show up so guess what I would be asking we're gonna be knocking on the door with the phone making a phone call and say yeah. open the door we're coming in for health and safety issues so I, I think there's some things we can do around the edges it's that we can do today that's that, and, and, yeah, if we ever want to get a true school system, whether it's a charter cluster, they tried to do that in uh, North Druid Hills area a few years ago, um, but that required a vote of the school board to create this cluster of charter schools, and they went through all the due diligence and, and planning and, and made all sorts of uh, uh, presentations, and it was shot down by the school board. 
So don't want to sh- go for a path and spend resources and time on something if it's not achievable. Right. Um, but well, you mentioned that forty thousand yeah. dollars in lobbying. What is that exactly for? Is that the ambulance stuff? And that's that's when the state is in session. Mm-hmm. If they're going to introduce bills that may ha- impact Dunwoody. Okay. But you know what? The city of Dunwoody is part of a, a overall group of and within the state. It's called the Georgia Municipal Association (GMA). And guess what they do? They're down at the state house looking for bills that might impact cities, right? So, geez, uh, maybe we just ask GMA to, hey, let it, we're, we're going to just get up to date with you every day after the legislators have a session and, and talk to you as well. You know? You're full of interesting facts this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your first step if you get into office? Well, let's, let's think about that. I'm, I'm coming up with, like, I've been focusing, obviously, laser focus on November 5th, and we've got early voting going on now. But I want to call it uh, Joe's Army or Task Force 2020. All right. Just task Force 2020. So it's true, because you don't actually get in until, what, January? 2020, yeah. Task yeah. Force 2020. Here, here's, here's the story. Whether I'm elected or not, I've, I've been... Grabbing, I've been gathering people in the community to to have calls to action, uh, action plans, come forward and send emails, go to council meetings, uh, so on and so forth for for specific initiatives. Last several years, this militia is getting formed, whether he wins or not. That's right, (laughs) Joe's Army Task Force 2020. (laughs) And so, so what you think about is what do we want to look at in the first six months? So. Let's talk about um, engaging the neighborhoods where they are, citizen-led, six-month review, top to bottom of our operations. Now, we have this, every five years, we have a a legally binding, what's called our our charter, city charter, and there's a charter review panel. That's very, very formal. And it's very low level of looking at the legal framework of our city as enacted by the state government. So we do, we're, the cities are provided power through the state. And we have, it's in the state law that we have a charter, and it gives us what we can and cannot do. So that framework is done every five years. What I'd like to do is a top-to-bottom, uh, bottom-to-top analysis of our operations, our staff, staffing. So, for instance, we've got a lot of um, contractors in, in the city. Right? We've got the employees are the directors, uh, our, our city manager, the, the lead uh, our, our clerk, and the police. Everybody else is contracted. I'd like to bring forth uh, an organization chart to see how many people are actually working in these departments. Do they work 40 hours? Do they work just for the city of Dunwoody? Are they working for two or three different cities? What are they working on? And, and then are they going to be here for, for a longer t- term? And I like to look at the cost-benefit ROI on paying the contractor for the third party versus bringing them in-house. Paying them salary and benefits, fine but look at that because if we can save 10 20 percent on a on a headcount that adds up yeah so there's some cost efficiencies that we could have here if we look at that analysis and i understand there's certain things that are great just to have a contractor on for instance the state the big state farm high-rise buildings we bring in a third-party company, and they, they bring in their subject matter experts from out the, the country and they come in and spend that time and, and then they leave so we don't need to keep those people on full-time but I also want to make sure that we don't have a brain drain, that we don't have people just turning in and out, that they have institutional knowledge and, 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 and they're subject matter experts, and then they're just leaving the city. What's in it for them? Do they have skin in the game? And are they feeling a part, a true part of being an employee of the city of Dunwoody? I'd also like to see some kind of incentive for our director levels, including the city manager, 
to live in Dunwoody. I'd, I'd like to see more people, more skin in the game, that they live in the community that they represent. Yeah, I have noticed that since we've been podcasting, I guess, is everybody at City Hall lives somewhere, except for Jennifer, lives somewhere else. Right, right. I mean, they're great people, and their skill sets are, are highly qualified, right? They, they meet the, that, but you know, what else can we do? Or those directors are the people that work under them, grooming them, having a secession plan of that. So looking at all that stuff. Um, and then what we want to expose is, uh, is, is, is to put light on is the funding, our budgets. We have basically two kind of budgets. You have the uh, maintenance and operation, day-to-day, right? That's just, that's just keeping things going. It's, it's, it's salaries. It's, it's maintaining the things we own in our public rights-of-way, our parks, and so on. That's maintenance and operations. And then there's the second bucket is building things, capital, expense, and cost. And where those two different funds come from, there's different funding sources, there's different requirements on those things. But I, I want to make sure that we bring to light to the public how that's all broken out. And we have a budget process that's going on right now, but it's, it's, it's fairly low level, detailed. But I want to bring that to light to show this is what we're spending, this is what we have, and this is, this is what we're working with right? for headcount and everything else. And then we want br- to say, look at all these great plans we have on the books. And you say, how do we start moving forward implementing these plans? And if the citizens of Dunwoody are truly ready for us to do those things, we have been pay-as-you-go. We've got some great things happening in Brook Run. We, we, we built out some things. We've got a new bathroom over at Windward Hollow, right? That was 300 k It's a nice bathroom. Thank you. Now, what we're... But <laughs> it's the we're, price of a house right there, isn't it? 300 k Hey, there you go. Yeah, um... But we've, we were easily putting more than that in excess funds every year into paving, right? And I, the last I looked at our pr- a proposed 2020 budget is that we're going to be spending upwards of $4 million on paving. And we started off with a 20-year plan of spending about $2.5 million on paving every year. And, and I talked to people that we're going to still pave roads, but... Again, my, my priority is putting safety first on funding transportations, and funding, funding for transportation, and, and just looking at making a safer city. If you go on Happy Hollow, if you go on Tilly Mill, if you're going on Peeler, if you're going on all these roads, and you talk to the people that live along those roads, you know, they're driving 50 miles an hour, et cetera. They can't cross those roads. It's very unsafe. What can we do to help slow traffic, calm traffic, make it safer to walk in and, and more of a community here? So, so back to the six-month review, though, look at the maintenance operation capital. Then we know what is what. And if the citizens want us to be more like Brookhaven, i.e. our junior sister city to our south, that, 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 that's, that has three public swimming pools, that has two public community centers, that has seven people working in the parks and rec. If they want us to be more like Shambly, that just got a $24 million bond to invest in their city center, or the Sandy Springs City Center, did you know that was not a single dime raised in property tax to build that whole Sandy Springs City Center? Really? Not a dime. It was called a revenue bond. What they did, they found some great capital. It was a business plan. You wrote a good business plan. You said, you know what? We're going to be bringing in money. We're going we're gonna to be bringing in money if we, we reinvent, redevelop this area. And based on that stream of, of revenue, we're going to get a loan, a bond. It was a revenue bond. So they didn't raise a single dime, and that was $220 million. 
Now, that was Eva Galambos, the first mayor of, of Sandy Springs, was visionary and saw to that there was an empty super target. It was an empty shopping center, and they piecemealed that whole area together. We don't have Sandy Springs money, though. Is, what's, is Brookhaven doing the bond stuff? And Yeah, Brookhaven has done – so we have uh, the same there's, – there's two bonds that Brookhaven uh, put forth last year. They got another $55 million in bonds last year. And there, our city budget's about forty million. Theirs is just a little bit above ours, so very Not close, close comp- comparably. Yeah. They got fifteen million dollars in a revenue bond based on the hotel motel tax to start their trail network. Their multi-use trail network is called the Peachtree Creek Greenway, and they're building a demonstration mile out of there, and and so on. So they went forward. We we have the same hotel motel tax. We have the same revenue stream, and ours is even a. Uh, uh, more because yeah, we, have we probably have more more hotels, hotels and, and hire different different brands so we've got that revenue stream but we're doing this pay as you go and interest rates are low as heck right now three percent or, or lower so they went ahead and got a 15 million dollar revenue bond again without raising property taxes without asking the taxpayers for another dime and then yes last year in 2018 on the general election ballot they had a parks bond revenue a parks bond yeah 40 million dollars and it passed by 64%. So they're building a whole brand new swimming pool and, and putting all these amenities into there, enhancing the quality of life of the residents. So this first six months, if I were to elect, be elected, is bringing this task force together, giving an analysis of our current situation, making sure people know what we're doing with this 2.74 millage rate that you, the average homeowner pays more for garbage than they do city property tax. You pay more for trash than you do city property tax. Look at your tax dollar. Look at your tax statement. You'll see the school. You'll see county. And down, down below, you'll see sanitation and city. If your house is assessed at 410 or less, 410K or less, you pay more for trash than you do city property tax. Wow. So, you know, that's the reality. That's what the city's doing. I think we're getting a great return on investment because we have 70% of our, our revenues coming from the businesses in perimeter CID area, perimeter business district. Yeah, it's incredible. So six months, bring this information to light. Have tons of community meetings. Go out to the neighborhood swim and tennis. Don't just have a meeting at 6 p.m. on a Monday night at City Hall and check the box. Spend six months, talk to the community, get the information out, and then take the temperature to see what the citizens would like to do. What we're doing with our current funding you know what, maybe we could take a million dollars out of some things instead of putting more paving in, we'll just pave as planned, and we could put some, some other things into amenities for quality of life uh, and so on. Because, uh, you know, being in real estate business, I don't know where you see that smooth paved roads listed. Yeah. It is weird how much money gets spent on that. And I'm not saying Our we don't need it. roads must have been really bad 10 years ago. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping they were really bad 10 years ago. They were, they were. Put a lot of time and money into it. <clears throat> yeah, two more low-level low things that I'd like to do in the first six months is our boards and committees, the, the folks that we have, the citizen volunteers that are working on our boards and committees. Uh, a side note, Marietta pays their folk, their, their, their people. They give them a little stipend, maybe like 500 bucks a year or something. They yeah. pay them. But I want to. I want to make it. I want to professionalize our boards and committees. Um, I want to make sure that they're certified and trained annually. That when you show up to be on the zoning board of appeals or a planning commission, that in the first ninety days you take training and you are qualified and certified to serve on that board. That you're familiar with the laws, legislation, etc. To to follow based on that board, and then you would have an annual re- renewal. 
So I'd like to see the professionalization of that. I mean, that would help a lot. Even actually just here at the swim and tennis clubs, if we just said, all right, your membership is going to be comped if you serve on the board, you know? Sure, we're going to lose a little bit of money, but we're going to get more volunteers. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. It's it's how to reach out to other people. I would also like to see term limits on our boards. Say you lived, you know, you work for a couple a couple of terms and, and roll off. Because the other 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 initiative that I'd like to see is a program called Leadership Dunwoody. And Leadership Dunwoody would be a uh, community outreach. They do it in Sandy Springs. Uh, it's like uh, an annual program where you 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 br- go out to the com- community and you bring forth people that want to learn more about civics. You want to learn more about the city, the county, the Atlanta Regional Commission, Premier CID, Georgia DOT, the state, all these things that come into play with being a city. And you can educate these folks and get them in the know. DeKalb leader, there's a leadership DeKalb program, there's leadership Sandy Springs, all these things have called these leadership programs. Now, some of those are, are meant for people that don't don't have a day job or they have they have time to do i would do it at night or on the weekends you have the program we have a, a police citizens academy so let's let's think about having a leadership done what to uh, promote these people folks that are just at large citizens and and where i'm looking at ties in with the boards and committees because i'd like to see a bunch of new names on those boards and committees learning growing getting involved right and and so on uh, I th- if you think about successful corporations, you have succession planning, you have leadership development, and so on, that, hey, at the end of the day, um, there, there's new names. I want to see some new people involved and, and, and get them interacted, uh, inter- interac- interaction with the city. So I like that. Succession planning. That's an interesting yeah. one. I don't think I've heard that before. You know who would be good on those leadership committees is all the people that don't get elected because we're going to lose <laughs> Terry or Lynn. That's true. You know? That's and point. then of the four other, all of y'all are good candidates. Yeah, we're, that's one good thing. Also, we've been staying positive and just focusing on the issues and ourselves. Yeah, um, I, I look at like Doraville. It's just a mess. Like they hate each other. And like all these different other local cities are just mean to each other, really. I mean. Yeah, Roswell even had. They were on TV. Uh, really? I just didn't going, see that one. Yeah, they're just, wow. Yeah. So I, I really. Mutual respect. That's good. I'm really pleased with this. It's all positive. We're sticking on the issues and, and looking at moving forward as a city. Yeah. Absolutely together. Um, you know, it's also, I just throw a little inf- uh, analogy of, <clears throat> of running. <clears throat> Think about the uh, idea of. So I've served on some nonprofits and boards and stuff. I was on a state level, but how do you get on a. Once you're on a board of a nonprofit, whether it's large or small, you are the uh, strategic vision, direction, et cetera, especially if you have full-time staff. So I was at the state level, a board called Georgia Bikes for 10 years. I was the president. So how do you, you're doing that strategic guidance and vision, i.e. that's what I mentioned our, our council needs to do, with, which, which is doing with our city manager. Think about being on a board. Um, you're doing the same thing. But it's a lot easier to get on a board than it is get to get elected. Right. You know. But once you're elected, that's the same kind of analogy. So it's like, hey, I can get on a, a board and commission if I know some people and I can get me in there. That's great. Get me on a on a, on a nonprofit, and and I know some people I can get in there. You know, on, on on Georgia bikes, you had to write an application and and fill out your things, and you got voted on by the rest of the board. And you know, some people we did turn down. Sure, we did. Um, so. 
could I just fill out an application and, and, and get, get approved by the, by the current council? No, it doesn't work that way. You know, so this is not a friends and family kind of thing. It's reaching out to the, to the electorate. And like you say, it's a low voter turnout. Right. And, and it's like, I wish we had some more sexy things like uh, decriminalizing marijuana. You know, which, which you vote for, right? Which is like, well, other cities have already done it. Chambly. Um, it makes fiscal sense. I mean, I'd rather have policing that's doing going out against felonies and crimes against humans than living, living, let live. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I talked to a police officer recently, and he was like, you know, I arrested somebody that scammed people out of a hundred thousand dollars, and that same person was out on a signature bond, like just immediately. He goes, and then I got to go deal with somebody that just, has, just had a little bit of weed. You know, it's like it's what a waste. That person didn't do anything to to harm somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's just an inter- interesting analogy, right? Serving on a board of a nonprofit versus being on a council. But obviously on a council, you have a real legal authority. I mean, you're one of seven. Yeah. And, and again, it's a weak mayor system. Make sure people know that. The mayor can't do a veto. Any one of the seven can bring forth uh, something on the agenda as well. So I wouldn't be just throwing something on the agenda that's going to get go down in flames you want to collaborate and i bring in joe's army task force 2020 yeah. uh, at the back end to, to build a build a big uh, collaboration of the cheerleaders of in the front row there you go you know <laughs> pump um, them up say hey come on let's do this well so, I mean, you got to be able to work with the other council people it's like you're saying you, you, you can't just bring something in and then like hey we all good with this i mean you know because they could just be like no we don't uh uh-uh, sorry no. <laughs> <laughs> and we've seen some of the six to one votes on council where one unnamed member up there has put stuff forth and that one unnamed member was shot down six to one. Right, yeah. So yeah, I I'm You'll have to name this person for me later. I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you'll have to look up our, our, our guess, agendas yeah. and meeting <laughs> yeah. minutes and look at the six-to-one votes. Do a search. Ask Sharon Lowry. Do an open records request. I bet so, I could just search six-to-one. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't know that the mayor, it's a weak mayor system. The mayor is not any more powerful than the city council. It's just, I guess they break the ties, right? No, not even that. Not you know, even that? In Brookhaven, I believe the mayor out of uh, custom or in Sandy Springs out of custom does not actually choose to vote and then if it, it requires a tie that's they just do that out of custom but in our charter it is all equal it's just one of seven a vote that's it so no veto no override no heavy-handed i used to think that the the agenda was driven by the mayor i thought you had to get approval so on on, on my nonprofit boards to get something on the agenda you do go through the uh, the chairperson of the boards that I've served on to put something on the agenda, and it's almost pretty much up to them, depending on your bylaws. But in the city council, it's not that way. So really, the mayor, again, these are supposed to be all part-time. When, when people go low-level and they do like a, oh, there's a traffic light out or there's a, there's a pothole, blah, blah, and then they tag an elected official. Okay, fine, but I'm like... The system has to work, and I want the full-time staff to work, and I want the city manager to work, and I want them to be more proactive than reactive. Yeah, I, I saw on social media a, a friend of mine posted something uh, the other day and tagged all the people running for, for office, and then two of them replied. It was a low-level dealing with a police issue. And uh, so I'm like, well, I'm an at-large citizen. I could call the police and ask them that question as well, right? But 
again, I want to make sure that our staff is doing their job. If, if it's not happening, then, then that's when it comes to council uh, and to get the, get the staff back to doing what they're doing. Yeah. Well, more people need to realize that we have things like that. Uh, C-click fix. C-click fix. I mean, they're on that right away. I, I've posted stuff up, and, you know, within a day, someone's getting – I can't remember who. I guess it's Michael Smith It's or somebody. Yeah. That's, there's two apps that the city has. There's I wish it was one. There's another one. Um, it's for the uh, code compliance as well. Yeah. So that was a beef as well because when we became a city, it's the signs and just things, people in people's yards and so on. Um, again, the city's not an HOA, and I don't want the city to be an HOA. And I'm really much like you should be able to do whatever you want, you want to on your own private property as long as it doesn't affect your neighbors. Right? But uh, there's two apps uh, the city has, and one is C-ClickFix. That's for uh, rights-of-way maintenance and so on. So you can download this app. It'll have geocode location. It'll know where you are, and you take a photo, and you upload it, and you can get votes and you get emails and see where it is, a status. And then there's the other one. It's for um, code compliance. Um, you have to just go online and find that, that, that app as well that you can log as well. So you can drop a dime on your neighbor building an illegal backyard deck. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, did you go vote yet? No, I haven't. You haven't, you haven't voted, voted yet? yet? No. What, ah. you still trying to make up your mind? <laughs> I mean, I know, I know who I'm not you're sure. going to vote for in one of the... I don't know who to vote for in District 3. I have to figure that one out. <laughs> right in my name. I got to see who's, who's campaigning the hardest and knock on as many doors and had as Justin's many meet and greets. Justin's pushing for the ride-in yeah, against right in John Hennigan. Did you know that actually... You can do that legally, but you, you could actually, you have to register as a write-in. Oh, uh, interesting. You should have done it, Justin. You should have gone in and registered. Do you live in District 3? No, I don't even think I do. Well, no. So that's, yeah. yeah too. Yeah, you could You're Central actually, Dunwoody, right? Yeah, I'm Central Dunwoody. Central, yeah. <laughs> you're in Central Dunwoody right I'm in now. North Central. Are you, you're in South Central. <laughs> South Central, dude. Yeah. No, so, so that's funny. I didn't realize he had to, to register as a writer, but that does make sense because I, I was thinking, like, well, what if, what, by some crazy fluke, what if, what if I got all these write-ins? But I, I'm, I'm sure I didn't go through any of the procedures to be able to do it anyway. So yeah, you, you could vote in somebody that doesn't want to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know it's too funny, but I, I do believe that it's nice to have, uh, uh, you know, and even in business, competition is healthy. When I was working at, and I, I still work in for-profit business and cloud software and it drives uh innovation yeah you gotta see what the other guys do competition drives innovation lowers prices increases uh, product uh, functionality you're, you're more focused on customer feedback etc cetera, etc cetera. and that same way does uh happen here in the you know democratic process yeah um it's but uh, another analogy you know you, this election you know if you're looking for a job it's four years long and it takes a whole bunch to get tossed out of office. So think about it. You are out here busting your behind for only a few months. And then you you're, you're, you got in. You got this job for four years. That's sweet $17,000 a year. Woo! Twelve, <laughs> 12 grand on council. Oh, it's yeah. only 12 and it really One grand that, a month. The mayor does less Stipend. but gets paid more. Yeah. So that mayor That's in that front of his mayor. name, right? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So... Yeah. Anyway, it's just an interesting analogy, but I want to make sure that, you know, this is an at-large council seat. I've been hitting neighborhoods all throughout the whole city-wide city, and 
I want to make sure that I keep engaged with the citizens after election as well. It's way more than just showing up to a council meeting or just having your circle of known people, the regulars that show up. You want to move outside of that circle as well to engage, to go, go, go to all these swim and tennises when the, when the kids are having swim meets. Go, go while they're doing the tennis meets. Go, go out there and get engaged and say, you know what, it, whether it's officially a town hall or whether it's just show up and, and have a conversation, um, I want to keep on doing that as well. Yeah, you're good at that. You're everywhere. We're I trying. see you everywhere I go. Uh-huh. Anything Dunwoody related? You We're have trying. a lot of signs on Chambly Dunwoody right now. You do have a lot of signs. You must have done a lot of walking up and down. <laughs> <laughs> Me and uh, some, some people like, help. Some, I got some good supporters. I got do you some bike people from house to house? Others. Do you hop on the bike um, and go a little I further? I did yesterday. Yeah. It depends on how close the homes are. Yeah. That's like the Vegas Strip, though, right now of like you know yard signs. Champ- well, because it's leading basically to the library, it's the main road. Yeah. 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 No, I've I have I have I have some volunteers that are helping knock on doors as well, and and people just coming forward and say, yeah, let me let me put up a yard sign too. Um, initially, you thought you think ah yard signs whatever, but it uh, it just helps get the word out, especially me not having been in an elected office. Oh, you know, if I had to do this all over again, there's. A, I'd love to have. We should do a little something after the election as well for lessons learned and stuff. But there's there's some there's pros and cons of starting a campaign sooner rather than later, mm-hmm. especially for someone that hasn't held public office before. To to break out of your circle of friends that people already know you, to really get forth and 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 extend that messaging and, and word out. And maybe if I had to do this all over again, I would have started a couple months sooner. You know? Yeah, I feel like a lot of you guys waited until the last minute to, to jump in. Literally the last Except minute. for Terry. <laughs> Terry. Terry's been doing it for months and yeah. months. Well, there's this idea of this. It's kind of like a house of cards thing when, or playing a game of chess when waiting for somebody else to move, right? So is it, are you going to run against a current incumbent that's currently seated, or are you going to wait till it's an open seat? Yeah. Right? And I, I challenge after this election people to... Look, there, there's good people on the council. They're nice people, et cetera. But I challenge people to say, you know what? I'm not going to wait until a current elected official decides not to run again. Yeah. It happens even at the partisan level. You see all these, these, these people in Democrat and Republic offices that are there forever. And then when they finally get out, the primaries are going crazy because everybody's running. Like, why not go in there and, and, and challenge that incumbent? Yeah. And make them run a campaign and make them get out there and engage the citizens and, and, and run a race and, and run on issues. I would have liked to have seen another uh, candidate forum debate as well, at least one or two others uh, as well, and have uh, you know outreach to other parts of the city. You know, we did that one time on a Sunday afternoon at Dunwoody High. You know, and then, and then two nights later, whatever, they did a redistricting meeting in Dunwoody High, and it was a whole different crowd there showing up, you know? So... Yeah, just just a lot of little lessons learned and feedback. Yeah, they could do more smaller debates. Not even debates, just more smaller... Conversational yeah, things, yeah. just Q&A. Well, the the thing that the perimeter chamber put on I thought was good. You know, and anybody could have come to that. Well, I guess they would have to pay for it, but still. Yeah, yeah they could have. Anytime to have outreach in the community and people having conversations is great. Well, and it was 90 seconds worth of getting up there and speaking, you know. It's not a big Yeah, deal. and this is the most that... Dunwoody has talked about Dunwoody in what four years? I guess two years. When was the last one? Two years. Well, there ago? was two year election as well. Um, I feel like it was a little that bit was smaller. Just, but that was just the district wide. So 
put your uh, put on your calendars for 2021. It's only going to be each three districts. That means you have to live in the district to vote on the district. Talk about low voter yeah, turnout. So you got Pam, Jim, Spot, and then who else? And then Tom Lambert. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those, and you have to only live in that district. And so you run only in that district, and you only vote in that district. It's like a neighborhood vote. That's, yeah. that's it wild. It really is. So well, That's I, what Dunwoody is, though, a bunch of neighborhoods. It is. It is. It's a really a sense of community. But H- Hennigan's was a district. At large. He time. was at large. He was at large. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 the idea, again, that leadership Dunwoody, giving more people on boards and committees, getting them involved, and, and meeting them on their schedule, you know, that kind of thing. So parents, kids day jobs work you know running think about this running for office as well how many people have a monday through friday desk job sitting uh nine to five or even longer that are currently office holders or running campaigns think about that that's tough so that's why we didn't do it (laughs) (laughs) next time yeah (laughs) well thanks for making time for us joe really enjoyed it yep it's great appreciate it Oh,